Welcome to Health Media Now with award-winning author and host, Denise Messenger, for a lifetime of health empowerment. Live by being in the pink, meaning P stands for being persistent, I stands for using your intuition, N stands for networking, and K stands for obtaining knowledge. Preserve and protect your health by listening live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Our guests entertain and share cutting-edge information. They share with you what may have taken years to achieve through experience in their field. Become inspired and motivated. Reach your full potential with fascinating tips and products. Receive a lifetime of benefits from authors, doctors, practitioners, healthcare providers, and learn about exciting new products. You asked for it, and we deliver. Now, here's your host, Denise Messenger. Hello, listeners. Today is September 3rd, 2014. I hope you all have had a wonderful Labor Day vacation. Today, we have a really special guest. Her name is Lana Priskill. She's the author of the book, The Ultimate Love Affair, How to Find Yourself and Then Find Your Match. Our topic today is about the fact that we all need to use our intuition and never settle for less in our lives. I believe that our author and guest will bring a certain level of spirituality to our discussion today. She is a spiritual teacher, an author, an energy intuitive, and an ancient wisdom guardian. Her work has supported people in completing their interrupted childhood or adolescence or other life cycles so that they can attract experiences that match their current commitment, energy, and intention. So now let me bring on to our show... Lana. Hello, Lana. I just want to take this opportunity to thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you. And greetings to everybody. I'm really excited to be on this show, and I'm looking forward to all the questions that uh, you might um, ask me today. Wonderful. I like to start my show out by asking my guest how they got on the path that they're on today. So how did you? get on your path? Well, I have been uh, born in Siberia, in Ural Mountains, and this area is very mystical, and uh, maybe your listeners um, have uh, heard about books of uh, Vladimir Megre about Anastasia, the the girl that was uh, growing under the cedar trees and uh, was talking to nature. So it's almost like these books were written about me. I have been uh, raised in this area, and uh, I have been naturally intuitive since the uh, time I know myself or I remember myself. And um, luckily, my parents recognized my gift, and uh, they actually helped me to develop my abilities, and uh, they did not restrict me very much. They tried in the beginning, but then they realized that um, I actually know what I'm talking about. So... That has been my path. Um, I have been uh, living in Ural for some time. Then I moved to the middle part of Russia and Ukraine. And then at some point I immigrated to U.S. 
and uh, between the time of my birth and now, I don't remember a day when I was not an intuitive guide. I was a teacher in school, but at the same time, I also had groups that I always people always gathered around me asking questions, um, how to resolve practical situations in their life. So I didn't really look for the path. The path was kind of open in front of me, and I kept walking on that path. Hmm, interesting. At what age did you notice that you had these special abilities? I don't I can't even tell you because I always um I always had this ability to heal people. Uh if you had a headache for example, that was easy for me to uh transform that energy into more useful energy and uh when I'm asked questions I could respond. Um when I started using it um on a conscious level is where I was working with children and families in a school. I started to work when I was seventeen. And um, I have been leading big groups, and I was teaching, and then I was um, directing other teachers how to teach. And um, this, all these skills came into hands. Uh, my hands were uh, always working on people just like my heart. And then when I came to America, uh, it was much easier because uh, in Russia uh, at that time, um, you could not really be a spiritual teacher without covering it up. That was not really permitted or allowed. And then um, here I've learned that um, it's a free uh, world of expression. So I've taken a couple classes to, to have certain certifications as it required. And uh, I was just um, started teaching. But I'm also a teacher by nature and by profession. I have two degrees in um, education, one of which is instructional leadership, how do you become a leader and how you lead other people. So um, not only that I have special abilities uh, that we all actually have, everybody has the same abilities I have. They might be developed or not, but I also have an education. Was there anybody in your family that had um, the abilities that you have? My mom is very intuitive. I don't know much about my grandparents because, like I said, in communistic society, we did not talk much about any abilities. We were just mm-hmm. doing what was supposed to be done. But I truly believe that everybody, everybody has the same psychic abilities. I don't call myself psychic because I'm, I don't believe I'm a psychic. Um, and I don't want to be a psychic. I think that if you have a psyche, you have uh, an ability to understand things logically, and you have an ability to notice and become aware of certain things. And then um, we call it intuition, when your um, higher self or bigger mind processes things that you might not consciously know, but your body responds to that. And so it's a matter of learning and developing those skills that you always have. And by the way, children um, really, really know how to use that. But we as parents um, always apply our authority and we tell children, don't do this, do that. So by the time they're 18, they don't remember. But in the beginning, when they're young, they always are filled with their own knowing of, of how things should be for them. And I truly believe we should listen. Uh, we, I've, written, I've written a number of books. So The Ultimate Love Affair is about uh, fam- uh, um, marriages or uh, dating or relating uh, between the genders, and the other book that I've written, The uh, Creative Art of Parenting, is about how do you create 
a child that is free spirit? And how do you help them to actually be intuitive and trust themselves? Hmm. How did you come about the name, The Ultimate Love Affair, how to find yourself and find your match? I have been working with many clients, with thousands of clients, because um, I do personal sessions and I also teach seminars. And um, I often receive this question, how do I find somebody that um, loves me and how can I find somebody that matches my desires, my aspirations, my ideals? And very often people are looking for something that they're missing. They're looking for love outside of themselves. They want the qualities that they don't have, and they want it from somebody else. And so working with many clients, I've accumulated a huge database of stories and experiences and understanding of how things work between people. And I um, really believe that the ultimate love affair can only be held within. When you know who you are, when you have all the qualities that you desire uh, from other people within yourself, then you can find exact match to that, and you are so independent. You have nothing um, to ask for. Then you can have everything from that person. But if you're needy, if you don't have enough, if you don't love yourself enough, then you always end up with somebody who you will feel are not, is not giving you what you want. But the truth of the matter is the more you cling, the more you hang on somebody, the less that person wants to give you. Yeah. Yeah, I can I can see that. Relationships can be very complex. And I would imagine the younger you are at times, the more difficult um, finding your life mate could be out of a result of not knowing yourself well enough or loving yourself well enough. That's true. But also the, the other uh, side of that coin is that very often we are looking for the parents. We are looking for the same models that we've received as our children. So we end up marrying somebody who's like your father or like your mother, and then you're trying to resolve whatever issues you had in, in the past with them with this new person. So um, it is very, very important to understand who you are, how you want your relationship to be, and then enter in this relationship correctly. Because everybody has their own way of entering the relationship. Some people need mm-hmm. to be recognized and, and invited, and some people need to be proactive, and some people need to wait until somebody notices them, and some people can show up 100%. It all depends. And um, when you don't know yourself well enough, you jump into relationship too fast or too slow, or, or you do something that is out of your nature, and then you attract somebody who is not your match. Mm-hmm. Well, a lot of that happens on a subconscious level. Yeah, 99% of that happens on an unconscious level. If we could be aware of what's going on, we probably would prevent lots of bad things <laughs> from happening. <laughs> yeah, Why don't we talk a little bit about um, your book and the seven layers of protection? Oh, sure. Yeah. This is um, the topic that I personally um, love very much because um, we, um, as um, physical beings, have energetic uh, interactions within the body 
And um, these energetic interactions or energetic hubs where the information is being processed within the body was known to ancients. Like, for example, in the Hindu system, it's called the chakra system. And there are seven chakras in the body, for example. But there are some other systems that I work with um, that recognize more chakras than seven within the body. So um, what I truly believe are these uh, energetic hubs, energetic centers, are there for us to be aware of what's going on. Every energetic hub is connecting to the world, receiving information, and brings you back a very precise um, picture of what's going on. So when we were ancient, when we were um, in a very primitive state, um, our mind was not developed, so logic was not so prevalent. And so we use those centers as we should for collecting information and understanding how we need to behave in the moment. And then as we developed as human beings, our neocortex, our stories began to develop. So we started using those centers not only for gathering information, but also for interpreting information. And now we begin to feel the world, and instead of asking, what, what is this feeling? What do I feel? I feel scared. I feel inspired. I feel happy. We start asking the question, what is this feeling about me? So we made all this information out there very personal. And so what happens when you feel unsafe, for example, in your root chakra, in your survival center, or you do not know your gut feeling, you cannot trust your intuition because you don't know how to use it, or your heart center feels attacked, unprotected, you start um, protecting yourself. And as you start protecting yourself, every energy center becomes um, a castle with a drawbridge up. So not only do you cannot receive information, you actually give a very um, defensive vibe. So how can you create a relationship when you are constantly scared of being attacked? Or if you're constantly translating whatever this person out there is thinking or doing or feeling as a direct um, reflection of you. Let's say somebody has a bad day, you meet this person, how are you, I'm not, um, you know, I'm not talking to you right now. And you go like, oh, my God, maybe I said something wrong. Maybe it's me. Maybe I'm not beautiful. Maybe I'm not smart. And all that happens is that person is not having a good day. Does that make sense? Oh, it does. It definitely does. So how do you reverse this? Exactly. That's, uh, the, the most important question is how do you let go of the stress and worry and fear that really lock you in your own castle. And um, um, you become a person um, under layers and layers and layers of stories, and then you cannot really be in the present and relate to the person um, that you want to relate from, from the now moment. So I'm going to give you the, like a, a quick run through the energetic systems, um, and I hope that... Um, if somebody is interested and your listeners want to know more, I would be happy to expand on that. And uh, my website is energyforaction.com. And on my website, I have a lot of information and articles, and I have a lot of YouTube videos, um, but, uh, over 100 YouTube videos, where I teach 
these are like uh, short excerpts from my teachings. And, oh, that's um, wonderful. If, if somebody doesn't get it from that radio show because it's short, I will be happy to explain more. Um, just contact me through my website or look at the videos. So let yeah, me start. And, and, and just let me interject. Uh, if a listener wants to call into our show now, the phone number is 347-324-5328 if you want to ask Lena any questions. Okay, go ahead. Beautiful, great. So let's just start from our head because um, the head became the most important organ lately, even though it shouldn't be because it's the youngest uh, part of our body, the youngest energetic center that has been um, developing uh, recently. So in your head, you have two energetic hubs. One is like an antenna that is constantly seeking information. And um, in, the, in the best day, when you have you know, awakened mind, um, the consciousness, the awareness um, is connecting to your head. So um, I'm talking about oneness. I'm talking about connecting with other people from uh, the perspective of love and, and understanding and uh, seeking the truth, your own inner truth. So now imagine your head is open, a big antenna, a big um, funnel, and information comes in. But right there in that space, you also have a lot of words, a lot of criticism that happened with, you know, when you were younger. Maybe there was a mean girl in your seventh grade that drove you nuts. Maybe your mom was not you know, very approving. Maybe your father said that you are not good at math. So as the consciousness comes in, as the seeking, uh, your um, spiritual and physical and emotional and mental connection with the world happens in the now, you also have that big foundation from the past. So instead of processing everything in this particular moment, you experience the pressure. And that pressure is from everybody else who ever said anything before and now. So... Can you process information very clearly when you have that big pressure in your head? And right now you see somebody and you say, oh, I love this guy, he's amazing. And then your mother's voice says, but he's too short or too tall or too smart or too too dumb or too much money, (laughs) too little money. I mean, you know, the words are just jumping. Okay, you're no longer you. You become your mom. And you're looking for somebody who would fit your <laughs> criteria, not yours. That's so, so true. How do you do this? You become aware. Mm-hmm. You listen to yourself, and you listen and ask yourself, who is talking? That's so important. Who is talking right now? Is it higher consciousness talking in me, or is my mom's consciousness, my father's consciousness, my, my ex-husband's consciousness, or you know, my child consciousness? Some moms and some dads, I really do not live their life. They go with what the child says. It's amazing, but it happens. It happens a lot, unfortunately. And you do listen to your children, but then you process it as an adult. Then the next center in your head is an awareness center. It's um, the processing um, where you see, hear, smell, taste, and use your senses for processing. So what do we do? Instead of being aware, I see that, I feel that, I sense that, I smell that, we start thinking, what is this this going on? And we create a story about that. And we go into anxiety. The anxiety only happens in your head. 
contrary to popular belief. Lots of people are struggling with anxiety, panic attacks. These attacks are not happening because of your physical body. It happens because your mind starts creating a story, and that story is transferred through the chemicals, through your body, through the organs, and the organs become, uh, they cannot metabolize anymore because they, uh, the adrenaline cortisone that is being released in response to the stories of fear, false evidence appears real in the future, but right now there is no evidence of anything. We just think about it. All of a sudden, mm-hmm. it creates anxiety, right? Mm-hmm. Now, what the parents tell the, your ch- the children, don't go there, that's dangerous, that's not good, and I'm not saying it's bad. You actually have to educate your children what's safe and what's not. But some parents excessively create the anxiety pattern in their kids. I had a client who couldn't come out from her house. She was 18 or 19 at the time I was coaching her. Why? Because her mom was so scared, and the patterns of mom's anxiety went into daughter, and the daughter was not actually a person that would have an anxiety unless the mother constantly told her, look at the car, it's going to hit you, be careful, don't do this, don't do this, right? So we have that that processor, the awareness processor, not working, and anxiety kicking in. How can you relate to somebody if you have on the back of your mind the fear of what's going to happen in the future? It's very difficult. Very. Yeah, very difficult. So what do you do with your head? Notice, become aware. Right now I can use my senses and I can look up and see the ceiling, and I can look down and see the floor and, and see the walls of my room, and there is no tiger in the bush. It's just the story. There is no thief that's coming to my house. There is no murder. There is nobody right here right now. I'm just thinking of something in the future, and future is unknown. So I have a choice. I can think about what if, oh, my God, horrible things will happen, or what if some wonderful things could happen. It's equally available. We always have the choice to think negative or positive. I prefer the positive. That's absolutely true. But what I'm talking about is that you have not only have a choice, but you have to consciously exercise this choice. So some people who have a lot of anxiety cannot be conscious in that moment. They go into that past and they're no longer present. So for these people, I always recommend, you know, write a little note to yourself. You know, put a little clown face on, on uh, your computer. Every time you go to that crazy place, look at the clown like, oh, wow, I went to this horror land, and there is a candy land right there. I have a choice. Yeah, that's that's a good recommendation. Hmm. And it's, Very and, good and advice. Looking up and down. And, you know, orienting yourself in the space in the moment also is very easy. Or, you know, clap your hands or do something to bring yourself mm-hmm. in the present moment. It's also very useful right. to just to take your hand and tap yourself in the chest where the thymus mm-hmm. is, your, your uh, immune system, and just mm-hmm. tap, 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 and say, I'm here and now. This is me. And mm-hmm. that other thing is who knows where. It's out there somewhere, but not here and now. Yeah, bring yourself back to the moment. Right, or simply take a deep breath and breathe it out. Mm-hmm. And what I love, like, I always in, say, in that's your, not mine. In one of your chapters, you talk about who do you rescue first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was inspired, actually, by um, 
in the chapter there is a story, a few stories about different people that seem to be suffering, and you want to suffer, you, you want to end their suffering, and how how you go about it, um, because. Um, there is always somebody who's suffering. So, would you let other person suffer, or will you suffer and let them have their way? That's a big question. And it was inspired by uh, a book um, called uh, *Reluctant Messiah* uh, by Richard Bach. And in this book, he has this episode when the vampire comes to the uh, campfire uh, uh, and um, sits with the uh, Don, who's the hero, uh, the, the, the the character in the book. And the vampire says, I'm so weak, I feel so bad, I need a cup of your blood. No, actually, I need two, because I haven't eaten for a couple of days. And if you don't give me a couple uh, cups of your blood, I will probably die. You have to give it to me now. And there's this whole discussion. The book is wonderful. You can read it if you didn't. But the whole story about it is that what do you do in this situation? Do you take your blood, your suffering, you put it in a cup and you give it to somebody else to drink so they will stop suffering? And that happens in relationship a lot, you know. Do this or yeah. I will not love you, right? I, you know, mm-hmm. I love you, I love you, I love you, do it for me. And it, you actually ask somebody to go absolutely against their values or against their nature or against their desires, and uh, then they suffer, you feel good, you have to, to couple cups of their blood and suffering, and they they just, you know, now they're weak. You're stronger, but they're weak. So, yeah, so, so you have to let you realize. Yeah. yeah, because, you know, your heart is joyful um, when you live according to your values and when you know who you are and when you do not need anything from anybody. All the broken hearts and all the suffering comes from when you want a couple cups of blood from somebody else. That's the truth of it. So the heart is about oneness. It's about um, I am you and you are me and you are as mm-hmm. whole and complete as I am and I need nothing from you. If I give you something, it's because my cup is overflowing, not because you have an empty cup and I have to pour my blood on it. What is a healthy conscious relationship, in your opinion? Healthy conscious relationship is built on, on well-being, mental well-being. You know, sometimes, um, let's say, um, somebody gets divorced or, or there is a death in the family. How fast do you bounce back to your normal, cheerful self is, is the uh, measurement of your well-being. You know, some people 10 years later are still suffering, still crying, still cannot form a relationship because of what happened in the past. Right. So healthy conscious relationships can only happen when you are consciously present in the now, no matter what happened in your past. And in my practice, I work a lot with people who got stuck in time. And unfortunately, it's not conscious. What happens is a normal healthy person goes into the past being triggered by different events or sounds or words into the past uh, memory about 15 times in an hour. It's, it's, I'm talking about absolutely healthy, healthy, normal, awakened person. 15 times an hour we go back, even if it's like for 30 seconds, to revisit that pain or that story that happens in the past. People with True. mental illnesses 
who I've been working with at some point of my life. I had a lot of multiple personalities. I, I'm trained in you know, working with all kinds of people because of my readings that I do for people. I sometimes encounter um, people that all of a sudden regress back to past life or back to something that happened three years ago, ten years ago. So I had to learn how to deal with mental issues because um, I was um, incompetent and <laughs> I was not medically trained. So I didn't want to uh, awaken some um, memory that I couldn't deal with. So I, I've gotten the training, and uh, what I've discovered that people go back um, and they get stuck there. And mm-hmm. in my training, I was taught how to bring them back into present moment, how to resolve that memory, how to reframe that memory, so that memory doesn't harm them any longer. Mm-hmm. And then, from that perspective, your consciousness absolutely awakens where you can notice, wow, I'm going back, I'm losing my consciousness, my awareness, I'm no longer present here, my heart does not belong to me, it's now back in a, in a day when I was three or five and somebody took my power away. Mm-hmm. That's so a good healthy point. conscious relationship for me is somebody who has resolved their past uh, memories to the point where they remember things, but they're not being triggered by them. And then you can full-heartedly relate to somebody from, from not from yearning, oh, I don't have that, and, and not from ego, oh, my goodness, I need this, and that doesn't happen, and not from stress, but from the presence and serenity and compassion. I imagine that takes um, different time periods with different people to achieve that. That's true, but the, but the truth of the matter is, like in one session, you can resolve 10 to 15 memory um, blocks, mem- memory stocks, <laughs> I call them, uh, the moments in time when you get stuck. Um, sometimes, uh, you know, five minutes releases the whole thing because none of it is true. That pain that you experience, you live in the past, and that pain is in the past. So if you come back in the, in the present moment, the pain is no longer there. I had a session hmm. with somebody who had... Um, uh, her appendix removed, I don't know, 20 years ago probably. And in my session, um, something was triggered uh, because we were working on her um, relationship with her mom, and uh, she had this huge pain. It's like, I'm dying. I'm like, no, you're not dying. I know what appendix looks like. You're absolutely okay. You just get the memory. And, and she uh-huh. said, you have to call 911. Like, I will call for you. No problem, but you don't have an appendix. I can, I can see the memory being activated because two seconds ago, before I put my hand on you, you didn't feel anything. The, the appendix mm-hmm. doesn't happen. And so we resolved mm-hmm. that within three minutes. Three minutes, she came back like, oh, my God, she left me in the hospital. The mother left her. I felt this horrible pain. Nobody was there, you know, with me. And so it was resolved, and, and she was like, oh, my goodness, how could I feel such a sharp pain when I don't even have a pending anymore? I imagine you see a lot of illness with people out of a result of not being able to release these these um, negative memories. Absolutely. It's psychosomatic um, um, expressions of the memories. What happens when you keep something in your psyche, let's say, uh, you had a car accident, um, and again, I had cl- many clients with different stories. I'll give you one. Um, somebody had an accident. She couldn't drive on highway. Every time she would come into highway, headache. So she couldn't drive, and it's not just headache. It's like migraine. 
couldn't get into highway, whatever. And uh, we resolved that moment in time when she got stuck because she got scared uh, because of the car accident. And now she's driving, no problem, no headaches, no problem driving. But before then, her husband had to drive her around the house, around the city. Can you imagine the relationship when I have to be a driver for you, when I have my own life and my own work mm. and my own friends? But she was mm. stuck in that moment in time. How do, you get, not how do you get them to release the memory? Well, I uh, do not uh, go into relieving the moment, but I uh, guide them um, into the alpha state in which your mind is very creative and very relaxed. And um, I help them to see this, this moment in time and um, identify what they felt in the moment and how it got stuck in their body. And the body remembers things and pictures and colors and shapes. So um, it's body-oriented. Um, so your mind only reports. It doesn't do anything in the session. So we just look into different things uh, that happened, and um, then we change the picture. And uh, okay. it will take some time to train you in, in that modality. But mm-hmm. if you're interested, mm-hmm. <laughs> we can have some time together for that. <laughs> it's, pretty, it's pretty easy. And um, for people who are listening, if you want to do something, when you feel that your body all of a sudden has a tension or um, something is being triggered and all of a sudden you have a pain or something like that, the easiest thing is to take a deep breath and bring your attention to that part of your body that is hurting in that moment. Because very often when it happens suddenly in a conversation with somebody or in a situation, it might be triggered by your memory. So all you need to do is just bring your attention to that place and just lovingly connect and, and say, like, yes, I know you're stuck there, younger me, some time ago. I know you're stuck there. You don't have to start, be stuck there. You don't need to hold the pain for me. I get it. I know. I've got my lessons. Don't worry about me. I am conscious. I'm here and now. I'm conscious. You don't need to hold the pain. And just breathe it out. Just let it go through your body. Watch, notice how it goes through your body. It's probably going to move with your attention. It's going to go from place to place and it dissipates. As you put your attention, it's like the safest place from the hurricane mm-hmm. is in the eye of the hurricane. We normally don't go in the eye of the pain. We're scared. But if you do, it will be resolved. Well, that's great. Do you work with clients over the telephone, or does it have to be in person? No, always on the phone. Ninety-nine percent of my clients are all over the world on the other side of the world. Of course, I have oh. uh, clients in Chicago, and uh, do I do see people personally because people in Chicago really want to see me if they can, but it's not necessary. I read the patterns uh, at the distance, and it's not a big deal. Oh, that's great to know. Listeners, in case you, you're just... Tuning in, we're talking with Lana Pritzel, Pritzkill, and um, she's the author of the book The Ultimate Love Affair, How to Find Yourself and Then Find Your Match, but we're also talking about how we can use our intuition and many other skill sets to have the life that we deserve. Now, in your book, Lana, you talk about how personal is your personal life. Mm-hmm. What do you mean by that? Yeah, it's <laughs> um, a good question. So um, what we were just discussing a second ago, um, we are uh, a pinnacle of creation between our mother and our father, right? And um, 
our mother has the history, the lineage, the heritage that comes with her genetics into our body. And our father also has lineage and genetics that come to our body from that heritage. So we actually genetically inherit all the issues and all the problems and all the health um, challenges from all the generations before us and the history and, and everything else. But we are not destined to suffer for every one of them. You know, lots of people talk about karma, karmic death. Of course, the karma or the genetics are there. But at the same time, we have a conscious choice to make. Are we going to live the life of my mother or my father, or am I going to be me? So as we incarnate in this world, as, as we show up on a physical level, uh, in a physical body, the mother and the father are our gods. They give us the template for living. They, they show us how to be. And then we live, we actually live out their purpose, their aspiration. Uh, my mom actually wanted to play piano. She couldn't because she was raised during the World War II. Therefore, she made me a pianist. Did I like piano? No. I had all, you know, five or six classes of, of music school. I cannot play one note right now. So, um, because I didn't like it, but she wanted it. So I had the piano, and we traveled from one, you know, high-rise to another, because I actually live in high-rise. Okay, that huge piano was traveling with us, and at some point we kind of <laughs> let it go. But she let go of that story. She moved me into a special place where I could rent a piano and, and play there. Unbelievable. So, um, so when... <laughs> And that's what I talk about in my second book. Uh, it's actually my fourth book, but um, my second recent book, um, Creative Art of Parenting, that we um, inherit our, our parents' challenges and aspirations. Yeah, And then that's first, so true. first uh, half, 30 years at least, we live out those aspirations, and we try to please them. We try to mm -hmm. show them that we be better, but we can't because it's not our own aspiration, unfortunately. Sometimes mm -hmm, it is, but yeah. not. If it's not something innate in us, it's yeah. difficult. Absolutely. And so, and then uh, my father is a geologist, so um, with, with this genetics, I know crystals and stones. Like, I can't even understand how I know this information, and I can feel that very well. So it's interesting how it plays out. And I'm not saying it's negative or positive. It's just what is. But we mm -hmm. take everything from them, we make it our own, we try to be best at that, and then sometimes, so between 30 and 40, we have that midlife crisis. Then we go like, okay, <laughs> that's not mine. <laughs> I don't know what to do with that. I cannot handle it anymore. I need a different education, a different job, a different family, because I married to somebody who my mom wants me to marry, or I married my father instead of marrying who I want, you know, like... You realize at some point you're awakened and you go, okay, that's not my life. And I'm not saying it's everybody's experience, of course, but uh, you don't want to awaken, no. you know, when you're 40, look around and say, that's not my wife, that's not my house, and who are these kids, right? Yeah, I'm out of here. Up well <laughs> from the very beginning. <laughs> you want to make sure you have life like a your bad, own. Like a bad dream. <laughs> exactly, yeah. And, you know, lots of people um, are very loyal and, and very, um, what do you call it, um, 
um, honest and, and they don't want to betray the trust of the people they got into relationship with. And so they suffer together. And, you know, when the kids are, and, and very often they say, we do it for the kids. So when the kids are older, we will finally divorce. Okay, now kids are 25, 26, 30 years old. You get divorced. Your life is over. Your kids learn not to laugh because they've seen your relationship. Mm-hmm. You kind of mm-hmm. lost the time. I mean, like, what kind of life is that? So it's very, very, and in my sessions, I actually teach people what is their incarnation script because everybody actually has a special purpose and a special life work and a special challenge path and a special breakthrough uh, of how their life would be. And uh, when you know that, you can kind of check with yourself, like, am I on purpose or am I just living my mother's purpose? And then Mm -hmm. uh, how you enter into a relationship is also very personal. And then how you maintain that relationship and how your energetic centers work and connect to the other person. Because if you become an octopus and you, you, you go out and you feel the world all the time, you forget about who you are. You no longer use the intuition for yourself. You try to give advice to everybody mm-hmm. else and make, you know, all these changes out there. And then you go like, how come my wife never changes? I told her a thousand times. Maybe you should have not married this woman to begin with, you know? <laughs> I think it takes a particularly strong individual when they're young to tell their parents, I don't want to go to college or I don't want to... Yeah. Um, pursue your life dream. That's yeah. particularly it's, difficult. It's very difficult. It's very difficult, but uh, we're in the 21st century, right? So we are no longer stuck in one little town with one little family. We are global now. We have so much yes. information. Kids get informed so much more and faster than parents do because parents work and busy and not as savvy with computer. So sometimes you have to stop, you know, listening to yourself and just listen to what they have to say mm-hmm. and let them experiment. But there is the other side of that coin is that you don't want to pay for your children college so they sit there for 10 years experimenting with 25 different professions, mm-hmm. for example. Mm-hmm. So, again, uh, when I work with clients, I have an ability to show what would be the most beneficial um, career for them because there is a, a certain genetic predisposition for certain things and I can direct them. And then I always uh, suggest take a, um, a skill assessment, like for example, MAPP, M-A-P-P, is a great assessment. You answer 70 questions and they give you possible jobs that you would be good at based on your skill set. And mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. between spiritual purpose and life work that I explain, and the map assessment that is very practical, you can always figure out something that um, is more practical than just, you know, talking about something you don't know. Because you do need to know what you want before you invest, and, you know, mm-hmm. like college or training. But um, I absolutely admire young people who are capable of uh, standing, uh, you know, up and and talking and, and using their voice. And... Um, I, I usually, when I work with parents, I always also uh, work with um, children. And if I have to work with children, I ask parents to have a session, at least one session with me, because um, everybody has to understand their own life, their path, their purpose, their life uh, work, their career, and understand that you cannot live your life through your children, even though it's so inspiring. You, mm-hmm. <laughs> you have the children so 
I mean, you're inspired to begin again, to, to start your life again. But that's not your life. Sorry. That's true. That's so true. When you say that certain people have a genetic disposition to certain careers, Absolutely. why is that? Um, the way your body, in the line of work that I do, I explain how the body works. We connect with people in a certain way. And depending on how you, your uh, body works with others, you might be great at um, being at the top of the big system and overseeing the system and knowing um, how to put things together in a big, you know, more um, congruent way. And some people are great in creating strategies and, and connecting with everybody up and down within the organization and being able to hear everybody and be a strategist. And some people are great salespeople and some people are great sales directors. You cannot put a sales director on the floor to sell. They probably will not be able to sell as well as the person who can be just a salesperson. Sales director is somebody who can package things, who can inspire people to see uh, you know, how uh, that package will benefit their life, for example. There are people who who aspiration is be alone and create something innovative, some productions uh, that they don't need anybody else. And there are people who have to work in a unit. They have to have a couple more people to work with. And there are people who are wonderful in huge, big organizations and people that have to be in partnership, two people together. So um, when you know your, your predispositions, it's much easier to choose um, how to apply yourself. I usually do mm-hmm. not give them you have to work on a factory or you have to be, you know, a director of the company. I give them the patterns, the behavior patterns that are most likely to be uh, easy and beneficial mm-hmm. so oh, you can you know, live without struggle and, and uh, make decisions that are based on your intuition because, again, everybody has their own way the body to know what's right for them. It's not the same for everybody. Yeah, no, I, I get that. Listeners, we're talking with Lana Pritzko, and she's the author of the book, The Ultimate Love Affair, How to Find Yourself and Then Find Your Match. Lana, why don't you tell our listeners how they can reach you, tell them about your website. All right, so uh, my website is energyaction.com, and it's energy number four, action.com. And uh, my books are on Amazon. So you can look under Lana Pritzker, and my books are written in a way that it's almost like a session. You read the chapter, then there is like a, a little work um, um, chapter, and you work on certain issues. And at the end of that, you have completed something that um, you had trouble with. So if you're interested, um, there is this look inside um, that you can look at a few pages on Amazon, and you will already solve a, a couple of things. My, my website, energyforaction.com, has a lot of YouTube videos. You also can find me on YouTube. There is a YouTube channel under Lana Pritzker. And um, you can definitely call me, 847-414-3730. 847-414-3730. And I am happy to uh, have a mini session with you uh, just so we get to know each other and um if you have any questions, um, you can ask you know, one, two questions. I'll be happy to answer. And um, then if you feel that I'm a good match for you, I will be happy to look into whatever issues, challenges you have and maybe um, help you understand your purpose and um, your connection with people so you can have a life 
that you want, not the life that your parents or your husbands or your wives want for you. Oh, my gosh. That's just perfect. Thank you so much for coming on our show today. I've learned a lot, and I'm sure our listeners have as well. Thank you very much. I'm really, um, I appreciate deeply your invitation, and I really, really enjoy working with you, talking with you. Okay. Thanks again. All right, listeners, we're um, running out of time. Please join us again next Wednesday. We'll have another wonderful show for you. And um, take care. We celebrate our listeners worldwide and invite you to contact Denise at www.healthmedianow.com with any questions you may have. And follow her on Twitter at Health Media Now and Facebook at Health Media Now. For those interested in an advertising campaign on her show, contact Lisa at knowledgeworkspub.com. Be sure to visit gotcancernowwhat.com for information on Denise Messenger's award-winning book, Got Cancer? Now What? Thank you, listeners, for joining us today. I just wanted to remind you the entire contents of this radio show are based upon the opinions of Denise and her guest. It's not a show that's intended to replace a one-on-one relationship with a qualified healthcare professional, and it's not intended as medical advice. We're sharing knowledge and information, and we encourage you to make your own healthcare decisions based upon your research and in partnership with a qualified healthcare professional of your choice. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Thank you. Bye-bye for now.